Welcome to another Thoughts from the Truck episode, OTRs. Today's Thoughts from the Truck episode is going to build on this building your bullpen concept. It's going to be more about closing out the deal with these people that you've built long-term relationships with. Today we're going to talk a lot about interviewing, determining skill sets, and just the overall end cherry on top hiring process. So stay tuned, OTRs, to learn the next steps that you can do to land your dream candidate. So the real challenge is, how do veterinarians like us, who don't have the time, resources, or financial backing of a multi-million dollar company, who are faced with irregular work schedules, on-calls, and emergencies, how can we facilitate our own personal and professional growth so we can continue to offer superior service to our clients while still remaining competitive in today's market? That is the challenge, and this podcast will provide you the roadmap to its solution. I'm your host, Dr. Eric, and welcome to Operators to Owners. Welcome back, OTRs. Sticking with our shorter form, Thoughts from the Truck episode concept, I'm going to overview the three things that it's going to take for you to close on your ideal associate. We're going to talk a little bit about the interviewing technique, skill set, and just the overall hiring or offer proposition. So what I want you to do, OTRs, is remember that gone are the days of you controlling the interview. Given the current veterinary shortage and the difficulty in just acquiring ideal candidates, every interview that you conduct is a two-way street. That means that you're interviewing your ideal candidate, but they're also interviewing you. So you need to be careful when you're exposing them during this interview process that you're showing them clients that are representative of your clinic. And remember, people aren't dumb. They don't want to be lied to, just like you don't want to be lied to or tricked in an interview process. Be real about the current challenges of your practice. Be real about your current current clientele, or you're just going to end up having an unsatisfied associate a year later when you're looking at a contract renewal. But that doesn't mean you have to focus on the negatives for your practice. And what I mean by this is when you're sitting down and you're discussing your practice in the formal interview setting, you know, at the clinic, sitting across the table from each other, you can be real about the challenges your current clinic faces and the opportunities. And you want to take some time and lay out those opportunities. And then as you list these, hopefully they're going to give you some feedback. And then you can invite this back and forth feedback, these back and forth questions, asking them their goals, their aspirations, what they think they could do with these opportunities for your clinic. Now, some veterinary students aren't going to be able to expound on that. They're going to say, well, those are interesting and I, and I think I can help your practice. While if you're interviewing an associate, they might have ideas actively ready. But either way, what you can do is you can kind of paint a picture of how you two, your clinic, and this new person that you're interviewing might work together, how you might found this relationship. So doing this during that interview process can really help start to establish a solid foundation of them seeing how they can fit in their role in your potential clinic. And the sooner you get them to start to think like that, the longer or better chance you have for retaining them or getting them onto your team. 
obviously this is more of a formal interview setting type technique. And I highly, highly, highly encourage working interviews. One thing that comes up every once in a while on some of my listservs is, do you pay for these working interviews? And I generally say no for a student. And if you've got an associate that's interviewing for a different job, you can discuss that event beforehand and decide what you're going to do. But what I like to do in these working interviews is place my potential associate in normal situations and see how they react. I like to invite them to interact with my clients. I actively bring them or drag them into conversations. And what I'm doing is I'm continuously evaluating them for the client interaction skills. When they're placed in situations that I'm commonly placed in day to day, I wanna see how they react to client questions or concerns. I wanna see how their brain thinks, how they critically think, how they answer questions that I might not know the answer to right now. Because even the most brilliant veterinarian isn't worth a damn if they cannot connect with the client. Because quite frankly, your clients will let you practice a lot of not bad, but quote unquote bad medicine if they like you. They'll let you grow. And that's what you're looking for. You're looking for an associate that can create room for themselves to grow as they make their natural stumbles as they develop more and more. So if they have this ability to interact with your clients already, and that's why I test this, that is a huge skill set that they already have developed. Also, during this working interview, I'm continually evaluating their technical skills as well. Now, from an owner perspective, or even from somebody who's going to interview, I think what you need to do is step back before this interview process and identify three to five of these core competencies that you really think you need to have mastered. Those things that represent 90% of what you might do in a workday. Now for our practice, and obviously we're a little bit different than some other practices, we're like a 95% dairy practice. So my associates, the ones I'm interviewing, need to be able to ultrasound a 28 day pregnancy, cut a DA with relatively little intervention on my part, and have a consistent physical exam technique. Beyond that, I'm confident I can train the skills that are required to do OBs and prolapses and IV and all that basic stuff. But I need them to be able to do that 90% of activities. And if you're an associate or a student looking to interview, just think about what you're going to be doing the majority of the time of the majority of your days and focus in on being really competent and really technically precise with those skills. And these techniques or these things, these skills are where I do a ton of weed outs. Too many students today are focused on consulting as the number one thing they learn in school or fourth year. When they need to realize that consulting, even maybe at its highest for them, and this is, you know, there are definitely veterinarians that do more than this, but even at the highest for an ambulatory veterinarian, it's probably only going to represent 25% of your overall gross revenue for the practice at five or 10 years out of practice, when you're a newly budded associate, you're gonna cut the A's, you're gonna do basic and small herd checks, and you're gonna do a lot of sick cow work. And those are the skills you need to have. And that's where, again, we do a lot of weed outs. The last thing, and this is a little bit special to what I like to do when I have a prospective associate in my truck, is I like to evaluate the person's reflection technique. And what I mean by this is that After we do a call or they do a call with me or a herd health, I challenge them with questions. 
I like to ask them questions like, what did you learn? Or what do you have questions on? Or what do you think you need to grow in or do better next time? To me, this is probably the most important part of the interview and definitely the most important part of the working interview. While they have to have technical competency, what I'm testing here is their personality type and their resilience. Because I really want somebody who's a critical thinker and a continual grower, who's always trying to better themselves. And they need to be mentally tough as well as physically tough, obviously, to do this job. But critical thinkers and continual growers will always continue trying to get better. They might start at a technically lower level than some of their peers, but they will continually strive to get better. And I want to see that reflection technique and that continual seeking of betterment because that to me is a core thing that will drive them for the rest of their career. Because again, I can teach DAs, ultrasound, OBs, all of those things, but I can't teach that spirit or that personality. And that mentality will really drive that candidate well beyond their current skill set. With that said, OTRs, once you've identified them, once you've identified that golden goose, that person who can really change your practice, don't hesitate to offer a job. And I think one of the things, again, that I see all the time is a lot of people take it personally when they offer someone a job and that person says, no, I I don't want that. And people need to stop taking that personally. This is a business interaction. It's a business decision between you and them. And you can walk away from that and say, oh, they didn't say no, I didn't land them. Or you can come back and reevaluate your offer. Because ultimately, very, very rarely does no mean no. No means that you haven't offered a adequate compensation package. And some people think that that is money. But what we need to realize is that the generations coming out of vet school right now and the generations that will come out in the future need a certain amount of money to take care of their diet load for sure. But they also value other things more. Vacation, time with family, all of those types of things. So that means you need to come back with a counterproposal that hits on the points that are high value to them. And again, This comes full circle back to that working interview, or I should say not the working interview, but the pre-working interview where we talked about that formal, what are your goals, what are your accomplishments you want to do, and you target the types of things that they want to do and give them potentially the things that are important to them and coming back with a counteroffer that way. Continually working, negotiating, and selling your clinic as you go with these offers back and forth. Too many people assume that no means no. The last thing I want to leave you with, OTRs, is remember that after you've got through the hiring process and you've got a signed contract, I strongly suggest you begin a onboarding and training program immediately. This allows them to become integrated in your team. It gets your team used to them in a small dose. It gets them used to your team and gets buy-in right away. Shows how excited you are to have them there. For fourth years, I like to use a week to two weeks of externship to get them kind of on board, show them where their clients are, where the equipment is, all of those basic types of things. For myself, when I was an associate or just hired, I rode along for two weeks and basically cut DAs or as many DAs as I could. And it was two weeks of them not having to train me. So then when I graduated from vet school, I did a day and a half of training and I was on my way. You can use that time again to onboard 
train and teach the techniques that they need to understand so they can start right away. Now, if you're hiring an established associate, you want to seek to onboard them again as soon as possible, integrating them into that team. You could potentially ask them if they want to take vacation at their other job. You could potentially pay them for this job while you're training, trying again to get that integration and get them right on their feet right away to get them started, get them rolling and help your clinic benefit from them immediately. But no matter what, begin to build that team spirit, that connection and the integration of your clinic's mentality with that person, because that will help them to begin growing now to see the opportunities now and begin to help your team immediately. That's the second part of my growing your bullpen talk OTRs, interviewing skill sets and hiring. Very, very simple, a little bit of an overview. Obviously, you can go much more in depth, but these are the types of things that I'm looking for when we're hiring for our clinic and we bring in a new associate. These are the types of things that I'm talking to people about when they're asking these questions about how do I get these people interviewed? How do I evaluate skill sets? How do I get them to actually land at my clinic? I hope this helped OTRs, this short review session. I'm going to go into more depth at the ABP National Conference this fall on this very topic in the next two podcasts. This is just kind of an overview of the talk that I'll give down there. So if you're looking for more detail, be sure to attend the ABP National Conference this year down in Louisville. I'll be a part of a series of talks that will be talking about veterinary team management, developing your team within your clinic, growing your clinic, those types of things. So don't miss that series down there, OTRs. It's going to be a great one. Thanks for tuning in today, OTRs. And until next time, carry on. If you liked this content and want more, join our OTO community at otovets.com forward slash Facebook. Also, check out our blog at otovets.com forward slash blog. And don't miss our cutting edge episodes where we cover the latest in peer-reviewed scientific research related to large animal veterinary medicine. You can find the written context at otovets.com forward slash cutting edge. Or you can listen to it at our podcast at otovets.com forward slash podcast. Please join our community for an active discussion about today's podcast, past podcasts, and other decisive topics within veterinary medicine. Thanks again for joining us today, OTOers, and carry on.